Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We're so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. We've been having what we're calling Healing School, and uh, we are taking the 19 individual cases of healing that are recorded under Jesus's earthly ministry, and we're taking them line by line, and we're teaching them. We have a real intimate setting that we've prepared for you today, so come on in and join us. I've got some some uh, friends here, and we're just going to enjoy uh, sitting under the teaching of the Word together. Amen. You know, it tells us in the Word that Jesus' earthly ministry was comprised of teaching, preaching, and healing. Yes. So while you're sitting under the teaching of the Word, you're sitting under the works of Jesus. That's the works of Jesus, as well as healing works or miracle works. So I would say to you, release your faith while you're listening to the teaching because you can receive help. You can receive healing right as you listen to the teaching of the word. Don't just sit there with your faith inactive, but expect something. And uh, we have been looking at, I would encourage you to go back and watch the previous episode because we're going to do part two right now uh, to the previous episode. We've been talking about the healing of the woman who was bowed over. And we want to read again from Luke chapter 13 and verses 10 through 17. And it reads, as Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Ah, think of that. What words of heaven after 18 years of suffering. In verse 13, and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound? Listen to that. Whom Satan has bound. Lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So we want to take this verse by verse, study it. Verse 10 said, and Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day, the body of Christ needs teaching more than it needs anything else. As we said, Jesus had a threefold ministry, teaching, preaching and healing. If we're going to do the works of Jesus, we have to teach, preach and heal. If we're going to leave out healing, then we're leaving out a a major portion of the works of Jesus. And uh, then it also says this, uh, that the next and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. So notice this was called a spirit of infirmity. 
This didn't come from God. It was an evil spirit. A spirit of infirmity will cause someone to have sickness after sickness after sickness after sickness. It's as though there's never any soundness in their body. Uh, if, If there is something that is going through society, a flu, an epidemic, they'll get it every time. Cold season, they'll get it. Flu season, they'll get it. There'll be an ongoing pattern of, of infirmity in their life uh, with this spirit of infirmity. It's as though there's no relief. There will always be unsoundness that this spirit of infirmity will cause. Uh, or it will cause, in, like it did in this woman's case, a prolonged condition. It'll stay there a long time until somebody says no more. Right. Right. And so we were seeing that this woman has had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. Don't get used to something just because it's been there a long time. So many times people just settle and they just put up with. But Jesus paid so much so that we don't have to put up with. So we need to take our authority over things. And run them off. And so for a spirit spirit of infirmity for 18 years had her walking less than a human. Humans are not made to walk like this, bowed over. She had tried to lift herself up and she couldn't. How the devil would delight at seeing this mangled body. He delights to see suffering. Because he himself is suffering. And he produces everything he is. And he delighted in seeing this woman suffer. The devil delights when we put up with what we've been made free from. So let's not be okay with it. Let's take our authority. The word says resist the devil and he will flee. Jesus won't do our resisting for us. He did our winning for us. He did our victory for us. So he hands us the victory and says, now you enforce it. You enforce it. So being a Jew, as we said, she would have been in this synagogue, but this day something else happened. She grew up in a synagogue being a Jew. So she's gone to the synagogue all these 18 years and still never received help. It's not right for people to come to our churches and not receive help. We need to, if they're not receiving help, we need to find out why are people not being healed. Amen. She didn't just sit at home. And feel sorry for herself. Listen, when you need help from God, you need to get where God is being glorified. Get to a church that's teaching the word, that's magnifying healing. You You can't easily receive healing going to a church where they don't magnify the healer. You have to hear it to receive it. Faith comes by hearing. So you always want to make sure that you're going to a place where you're hearing about Jesus, the healer, hearing the word taught. Amen. And so it says, and when Jesus saw her, can you imagine? He sees this woman who needs what he has. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. He didn't just try to make it easy for her. You know, it was a struggle for her to get up. When you're bowed over, things are misaligned. The body's not working. It's a struggle. Knees aren't aligned. Spines not aligned. Hips aren't aligned. You can imagine for 18 years, everything has been, not just her back is bowed over, but it's affected. All the joints, it's affected everything. So for her to get up 
it, 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 she had to be inconvenienced, right? right? right. Yeah. He said he didn't just walk up to her and do everything for her. Right. He wanted to know how bad you want it. Oh. How bad do you want it? So he called her to him. Let me tell you something. Everyone's that's everyone that's suffering. Jesus calls you to him. Amen. Everyone suffering. He calls you to him. Everyone hurting. Everyone uh, harassed in their minds. Everyone that has been um, tormented. He calls you to him. Amen. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said to her, notice when he called her, she came. He had something to say. The devil's been talking for 18 years through her body. The devil's been getting the final word in her body. And now Jesus has something to say about this. I love this. And he says, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Not you're going to be loosed. You're already loosed. Notice he said this to her while her body was still bent. That's right. He spoke what was hers. He did not speak what he saw. This is what you do when you have a covenant. You speak what is yours. You don't speak what you see. When things you see are not right, you don't speak that. You speak your covenant. And he was telling her, as a daughter of Abraham, you have a covenant. And in that covenant, you're loosed in that covenant. So he spoke to her. What was hers because she was a daughter of Abraham. He said, woman, thou art loose. Now, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? For 18 years, she was loose and didn't know it. But someone came that knew. And someone came that told her. And someone came that said something. And uh, he said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Notice this. Now, the Bible says... That there was an evil spirit there attached to her body, not attached to her spirit, but attached to her body that had caused this. And so we know there's a presence of an evil spirit and Jesus never even mentioned it. He didn't call out the devil. Did he sometimes? Yes. But notice all he did was speak to her. He spoke to her the truth. You're loosed. From your infirmity. Amen. Mm. He didn't cast out the devil. And as I said, you have to do these things by the Holy Ghost. Why did he not cast out the devil? He was being led by the spirit of how to deal with her. Because other cases that there was an evil spirit present, he would deal with an evil spirit. So you deal with it based on you don't throw everyone into the same category and deal with everything the same. You have to follow the, the mind of the spirit. Amen. Amen. He just spoke her covenant to her. You say, well, because people get devil conscious. You need to be, when you're born again, you need to be God conscious. You need to be uh, the greater one in you conscious. And people get devil conscious. But notice, Jesus did not minister to her being conscious of demons. He was ministering her being conscious of the covenant. Oh, yes. Yes. So 
she could have done what Jesus did in the sense of, he said, woman, thou art loosed. He spoke the covenant to her. She could have gotten up and spoken the covenant to herself. Amen. You say, well, I don't have anyone to minister to me like Jesus did. You can. You can say the word to you. It's the word that addresses the enemy. It's the word. There's an anointing on the word. And when the word is spoken, that anointing will destroy yokes. So just speaking the word will drive out evil influences. Amen. So don't get occupied and don't get enthralled with, oh, maybe maybe there's a devil. It doesn't matter. Just speak the word. Just speak the word. Well, do I have a devil or not? It doesn't matter. Just speak the word. Amen. Every Christian has the same right this woman had. As she being a daughter of Abraham, Jesus said, Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. What? Based on your covenant. Well, every New, New Testament believer has the same covenant and better. It's a better covenant. And we have a right to say, because the word tells us, he whom the son sets free is free. So we have a right to say, whenever something has been dogging you, something's been plaguing your life, you have a right to stand up and say, he whom the son sets free is free, and I'm free right now. You say, well, I don't look free. She didn't either. She didn't either. He just said what belonged to her. He didn't say what was manifested in her body. He said what was belonged to her. Faith talks what's be- what belongs to you. That's where the power of God will begin to flow when you start talking about what belongs to you and not what is harassing or trying to trouble. Amen. So verse 13 says, he said to her, woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. Look at verse 13. And he laid hands on her. We don't always see him lay hands on the sick, but in this case he did. He laid hands on her and look at this. And immediately she was made straight. Can you imagine for the first time in 18 years, her human dignity is not bent over her body's not she's not walking around with losing her dignity to where you, you don't need her body wasn't even uh it wasn't even honorable the way the position that sickness held her in she couldn't look at someone in the face she couldn't walk down as as a human being normally should walk and so he laid, he spoke to her, he spoke the word, he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. You think of the show he put on that day. And everybody there in that synagogue saw it. Now listen, she had been coming there for 18 years and nobody else had said this to her. No one else gave her this knowledge. No one else reminded her of her covenant, like the, the covenant of Abraham that was hers. No one else. They could have. They didn't. So she was made straight. And what did she do? And glorified God. When you receive something from God, glorify Him for it. Glorify Him. What a, imagine what that moment looked like. Shouldn't everyone sitting there go, glory to God. But think about it. Not everyone did. 
When God does something for somebody and you sit, you better join in in glorifying God. If you don't join in glorifying God, you'll become critical. Verse 13, it's a shame what we read next. It's a shame. Verse 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He ought to have indignation while she she was in his synagogue for 18 years and wasn't healed. That's where the indignation ought to be. (laughs) Because as the ruler of the synagogue, he's to see to it that God gets his way there. And the devil had been having his way in that woman for 18 years and he was okay with it. Why was he okay with it? Why was he okay with her walking in, bent over and walking out, bent over? We should not be okay with seeing our brethren suffering. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Why? Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. So what is he saying? Healing is not holy enough for the Sabbath. That's what he's saying. He is diminishing this flow of healing. Well, where did it come from? It came from God. Jesus said, the Father in me. He does the works. So when you diminish healing, you diminish the Father in me. And you're not going to be under the blessing of the Lord diminishing the Father in. And so he sees this great miracle and he gets mad. If you see healing and you take, uh, you take an offended stance, there's some knowledge needed. <laughs> and the first part would be repentance. Start there. <laughs> So he's mad because he's saying healing is not worthy of the Sabbath day. But Jesus put a spotlight on it. Showing healing is a holy flow. And it is, it is a holy flow that is worthy of this day that you call holy. Amen. So notice this church services are appropriate for times of people to get healed. You don't have to do it after church or in a back room. You can do it right in the middle of the congregation. It's what Jesus did in this setting, didn't he? He shows this ruler of the synagogue shows himself a man of no compassion. To lose compassion is to mean that you're not in the flow of God anymore. The flow of God is a compassionate flow. God loves humanity. He sees the sin. He sees all that humanity does and still loves humanity. So this man had, as a ruler of the synagogue, had gotten hard to the needs. Why? He had seen this woman come in for 18 years, leave for 18 years and did nothing about it. And it hardened him. When we're okay with seeing sickness around us and leaving it there, it's, it's going to have a negative effect on us. It'll harden us toward the needs of people. You can also tell it wasn't him bowed over for 18 years. It wasn't him in need. It wasn't him suffering. It's easy to dismiss someone else's suffering. He had more regard for a day of the week than for a suffering human. He turns around and rebukes Jesus and rebukes the woman because he addresses the congregation. So notice this. The ruler said to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. 
and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Well, she wasn't getting healed in his church on any six days and on any Sabbath day. She wasn't getting any of it in his synagogue. So what do you mean come then? I've been coming for 18 years and got none of it. This doesn't even make sense. What he's saying. He's telling her she ought to come on, you know, one of these other days, not the Sabbath day to receive healing. Well, she's been there for 18 years and not received any, any day. Sabbath day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Not, no day, no day. So she's been showing up. <laughs> he held to his religion instead of holding to what Jesus was bringing, what God was offering that congregation that day. He wanted his system. He wanted, don't break up my agenda. Don't change my set rules for this place, you see. So he turned to the people and he said, there are six days in which men ought to work. And them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. So he's also rebuking this woman for being healed. He's telling her, you shouldn't have been healed today. Not today. That doesn't even make sense. But he was okay with her being bound that day, just not being healed that day. Wow. <laughs> As I said, why was he okay with it for so long for her to be bound? You lose compassion for people and you're okay with their suffering. Verse 15. Because see, he turned, this ruler of the synagogue turned to, to the people and said, basically, Jesus shouldn't have done this on the Sabbath day and she shouldn't have come on the Sabbath day to be healed. Verse 15, then Jesus answered. <laughs> He's not leaving that as the last word. The last word stands and that ain't it. <laughs> and then Jesus answered and, and diagnosed his problem in two words. You're a hypocrite. A hypocrite. He says, basically, when your animal needs water, you will put forth effort and labor on the Sabbath day to go, to go water your animal. But you think that it's not right that a human who has a covenant with God be made free on the Sabbath day. When you place the value of an animal above the value of a human, you're off. Humans. This earth was not made for animals. It was made for humans. Amen. Yes, it was. Amen. Yeah. Humans and animals are not in the same class of being. And he said, when you have more regard for an animal than you do for a human, you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. So what he told this yes. man this day, it's wrong to get these things out of order. That's right. Verse 16. And now he's going to give them some doctrine. <laughs> Jesus is answering, and ought not this woman... Being a daughter of Abraham, it doesn't matter how long she'd been bowed over, she still belonged to God. Yes. Right. Yes. 
whom Satan has bound. Satan has done this to this woman for 18 years. Ought she not to be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? He made it a matter of obligation. It's an obligation that she be loosed. She's been bound this long, but it's, it, we are obligated that she be made free. So Jesus is showing that it was Satan again who had bound the woman. The ruler of the synagogue was taking sides with what Satan had done to the woman. He was siding in that she ought to still be bound. She shouldn't be doing this on the Sabbath day and you shouldn't be ministering to her on the Sabbath day. So he's aligning himself with what Satan had worked against this woman's body. But Jesus called it a holy obligation to see to it that she was loosed. You know, when we have knowledge that Jesus is a healer, we have a holy obligation to tell others. As ministers, when we see that Jesus has paid so much for people to be loosed, then we have a holy obligation to help bring them into the light of it. Amen. We have a holy obligation to be dispensers of freedom. To do that, we have to learn the word. To do that, we have to become skillful with the word. And verse 17 says, And when he had said these things, all his adversaries. So it wasn't just the ruler of the synagogue that was his adversary that day. The ruler of the synagogue is the only one that we have record that said something. But it said all his adversaries. So there was one voicing it and others amen in him. One speaking against this act of healing. And there were other people who thought, yeah, he's right. But Jesus, when he corrected these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced. For all the glorious things that were done by him. Notice this. Jesus brought right thinking back into the synagogue. He brought right thinking. If you sit under wrong thinking, you'll think wrong. And there were adversaries to Jesus that day because they had sat under the wrong thinking. And the ruler of the synagogue is displaying the flow of thinking of that place. He should have been rejoicing. He should have been saying, teach me to do that, Jesus. Teach me to do that so that the people that come and hear me can receive what I saw her receive under you. So thank God he brought right thinking back. We don't know if the ruler of the synagogue ever corrected his thinking. It says he was ashamed. He should have been ashamed of that thinking. And you don't want to be vocal about wrong thinking. But you need to look to have, Father, if there's something I need to have corrected in my thinking, I take the word. I want to correct my thinking. Amen. Hallelujah. Healing is the flow of the word. It belongs to us. So right now we want to minister to those of you who are watching and you need healing. Healing belongs to you. Jesus paid for it. We say be free in Jesus' name. He whom the Son sets free is free. So I speak to pain, leave your body. I speak to torment, leave your mind in Jesus' name. And you rise up and say, I'm free in His name. Hallelujah. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.